Yo, welcome back to Return to Play Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Navarro. With me as always, Mr. Danny OTPT coming at ya. Oh, I know. Uh real, I'm I am going to retire my athletic training license. Uh that's just there's no reason I haven't used it since I've become an OT. Um there is no athletic training per diem gig out there that would pay even my uh it would pay my regular salary rate, but that's about it, about that at max. So yeah, no thank you. I, I do miss I would say I would love to like do a high school football game or and stuff and do like football, but um I don't oh wow, missed it. Missed the fifty yarder bad. Uh Thursday night football. Danny and I have the under three nothing here in the first quarter. But anyway, I would like to do football. I don't know. Maybe I still will will chew on it just if like, you know, my my if I have kids and stuff and they're playing sports, it might be nice to still have that. Um, but I don't know. You you any thoughts, Danny? Any any thoughts on what my bad I zoned, I, zoned <laughs> out. I, was, I was behind and as you were saying that was when I was watching the kick and I was like what did it get blocked or what just happened with it but um should I should I retire my AT license oh yeah you said that at the top yeah uh I mean how much how how much does it cost to like maintain it I I, I um, it's would. well here's the problem <laughs> they. I have to get 50 CEUs uh, every two years, and yeah. there's not a whole lot out there that carries over between my OT CEUs and my AT CEUs, uh, especially for free. So I would have to, I would have to pay something for some CEUs, like just a credit, uh, like a a website, you know, to get the tests, and then so that's say that's a hundred bucks, and then it's one. It's like seventy five or a hundred bucks, um, Renew every two years. But then it's still fifty bucks a year, or like thirty five or fifty bucks a year. So almost two hundred every two years plus. Probably have to pay and do extra CEUs. I haven't used it at all mm. since I became OT. The money wouldn't even be my concern. Just the doing the CEUs would mm-hmm. be reason mm-hmm. enough for me not to do it. That's. So. That's enemy number What's, one. My I mean, time. If, you, if down the road, if you do want to renew it, what do you have to do? Pass your it would be hell. It, yeah. Yeah. It, well, so yeah. I don't know. I'll chew on it. But right now, the CE, I, I have like basically, I would need like 45 CEUs by New Year's Eve this year. <laughs> that seems miserable. Like, that's like, I don't know. I'm 90% not going to renew it, retire it. All right, let's get let's start with some college football. We'll get the bad the bad ugly news out of the way for us and that we have a a bald fucking loser coach. <laughs> That's but you know what? Um pardon my take brought up a great point. 12th team playoff next year. That's where where James Franklin will thrive. I looked at the projections right now. If the season ended today, we'd be playing Washington in the first round. That'd be a tough game, but winnable and then we'd play either the winner of florida state and someone else inferior well not florida state's not inferior to us but the other team was so you know i was like wow we could get to the final 
the semifinals there um, before, you know, it's a possibility, but yeah. Oh, what is he? Do you know this, the stats? He's what? Oh, and 10 one against one and nine against Ohio state. Now, oh, and oh, and 10 versus top 10, I think. And, or oh, and 10 on the road, oh, on the road again, three and three and 16 versus top 10 in general, Abyss. I believe was what the stat is because he's gotten but, all the talent. So it's like, you're the only thing left then you've gotten the best recruiting well, classes. In well, the- yeah, I, I, I think well, in years past, I, that's absolutely spot on. I don't I don't think this team is was ready. I was pretty no pretty. I was pretty accurate with my prediction last week, except I thought it would be a little higher scoring. But I think this team was getting a little little overhyped. You know, I kind of looked and felt like out of the Franklin years, this was probably the sixth or seventh best team that he's had. It's a it's a young team, inexperienced, and so I mean Drew Drew Aller still hasn't turned the ball over. Obviously, he was rattled and off target a lot last week, but I still thought he played pretty well. They don't have any good receivers really that were doing anything, so he did good what he with what he could. But I didn't, you know, the years past Penn State should have. I don't put this one on Franklin quite as much, um, but you know the trend is definitely very, very much so on Franklin because well, many the of the previous execute. Yeah, and and there was quite a few spots of bad play calling, including running quarterback sneak three times in a row um, on fourth down. Like you, you can't do that against Ohio state. Um, so in a heavyweight match, you got to throw a, you got to throw a hook in sometimes can't just that live on the jet. That touchdown getting called back. Colossal too, but we won't, we won't get into that. I do. I do, uh, in contrast to terrible coaches who I hate, I do want to give a top of the show shout out to a wonderful coach that I love and wish Penn State could have and that I simply think deserves more respect. Um, Big win for Utah. Kyle Whittingham, absolute dog. I just feel like he he deserves a shout out for, uh, you know, before he got there, Utah was like a, a... unknown not unknown but they were like a nobody the mid-major and not even like a good one that you know they 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 weren't a boise state or anything like that just a a mid-tier mid-major group of five team and he's built them into a west coast power got into the pac-12 took over the pac-12 back-to-back pac-12 champs just beat usc and caleb williams uh, Caleb Williams is 0-3 now against Utah since painting fuck Utah on his nails. Corny <laughs> bastard. Um, so a couple Kyle Whittingham stats, 11 and 5. Oh, oh, do you game. think do you think Caleb Williams is trying to tank to not be on the Bears? No, no, no. I just think that <laughs> the reverse tank. I just think that he's he obviously he I mean he's got the Mahomes you know, can make crazy plays, make crazy throw, make any throw in the book and makes throws from crazy angles. But when you look at, you know, his highlight reel that he's putting up every week that, you know, he's he's running around with 20 seconds of time. He, I, I'm not saying he's going to be a bust because obviously he's very talented, but he'll have to certainly adapt his game. You've seen how he struggles against quality teams, even against Tulane, which is certainly not a NFL caliber defense. You know what I mean? When they lost to Tulane last year. So um, better teams have, have, certainly hampered him but uh but yes but on the on the contrast we just found we just learned that cam rising 
will not play this year. They're going to redshirt him. So he might be a, a, a seventh year if he comes back, which I'm assuming at this point he probably will. Uh, he'll be able to come back next year because of that COVID year. So we'll have another, you know, 25-year-old Heisman contender. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so Utah working with a third-string walk-on quarterback you know, goes in there and and knocks off USC at home in in USC. So just absolute shout out to what what he has done is unprecedented. One a for not jumping ship and taking a a bigger job, being there for gotta be twenty years now, and b just I don't know that we will ever see this again in the way modern college football is. Uh, ooh, I was spot on. This is his twentieth year, dude. I'm so freaking good. I don't think we'll ever see this again. Like, you know, a, a team coming from, will we ever see a group of five school? I guess, you know, since he was kind of on that track, but Fickle left, you know, maybe a Fickle would have stayed and took over the Big 12 at one point. But I, I just don't think we'll ever see anybody do this again. And I think Utah is very fit to kind of continue to be that that Western power, especially now that the big West Coast guys are joining to the Big 10. We'll see how that plays out. But I just want—I just felt like uh, go Kyle Whittingham, go Utes. I'm a big Utes guy. Yeah, uh, I I do agree. I was thought Utah was not going to have a great season um, without Cam Rising. I was in that boat, but I'm also fairly—I'm definitely casual Pac-12 follower. I'm not uh, like Big Ten. I'm pretty sure, like know all the teams. Pac-12, definitely not. SEC, somewhat. So, like, uh, yeah, the public was definitely thinking that, and he's proved the public incorrect. And then good good for them, good for that squad. They're always a good story. Uh, they seem like a good guy to root for, not um, a villain in the, in the landscape. Let's mm-hmm. move on to another hate or love, or the opposite, a hate or love team. That's the Texas Longhorns, and they have Steve Sarkeesian said it's a still undecided between Arch Manning and Malik Cunningham of who will start. I would imagine Malik Cunningham would start. Uh, that way they could keep Arch Manning's red shirt year, although I think he can play one game, right, and keep his red shirt. You can play up to four. Okay, so yeah, so it's definitely still up in the air. That's what I thought. I thought it was a few. And so we'll see. I mean, it, the uh, BYU is plus 19 at Texas and a lot of sharp money, like 36% lopsided sharp money versus the public on BYU to cover 19. Uh, winning by three touchdowns is a lot for any quarterback, but not so much when the quarterback is surrounded by NFL talent on both sides of the ball in the college game. So I I'm staying away from that, but uh, that should be interesting to watch. And then you talk about that, and then the Duke. Uh, Duke is interesting because I can't find any any details about Riley Leonard. Um, he came back, still did not definitely did not look a hundred percent, but played well enough to be leading Florida State, and then left after re-aggravating that ankle injury. So. I don't know what to expect from this game. Um, uh, you know, college is tough to get injury info ahead of time. So 
they're always basically a game time decision. But if he's active, I like Duke to cover. If he's not, obviously I like Louisville to cover. But should be a a good matchup regardless. Two two defenses that have played really well, regardless of the QB situation. As far as the Texas thing, um, yeah, could be a game that'll go down in your history books if we, if we get the Arch Manning debut. So um, didn't didn't get in there. We'll have a uh, similar situation with. What the hell's the mullet guy's name? Can't even think of his name. I'm blanking. Uh Quinn Ewers. Yes. <laughs> yes. And um nailed it. <laughs> so same injury he he missed a few weeks with last year. Um probably be back around you know, within a month, three to four weeks. Um yeah, so you can see how the offense keeps rolling without him. We'll see that Louis. I do like Louisville at four and a half right now. Kind of saying the quarterback's not going to play, or on an ankle like that, taped up, like he's not going to be as mobile, right? So, I think Louisville is actually a sharp midweek play here while they're still four and a half. That line tells me they don't know whether the quarterback's going to play or not, and then you're you're pretty much betting on if he does play, the line's going to move towards. Um, Duke, but maybe by a point. I don't know. I don't see it being more than a point move. Maybe too uh, tough game. I would. I would still take Louisville right now because um, I think they cover the four and a half, even if he plays hurt. Because he's definitely hurt. I watched that play. He's definitely got a sprained ankle that takes more than one week to recover from to play at your your prior game speed. All right. Yeah. Anything definitely else? Gonna, definitely won't be a hundred, even if he's even if he's in there. And mobility is a huge part of his game. Yep. So Louisville lost too. Louisville Louisville outplayed Pitt in their loss as well. Just the the pick mm. six and then throwing a pick right after. Um, look for yeah, look was, for Louisville on on the X uh, picks, which we are forty one twenty one and two at return to play pod on X. Uh, red hot. I mean red hot. Uh, so and through and through half the season right now. So let's it keep is, it rolling. Yeah, it's, it is. It's tough to do. We we, <laughs> we we will probably never be able to maintain this or you know replicate this. I but, would like to know where our picks would be on the super contest board right now because it would have to be top third of the leaderboard. Beyond that, I would say. Um, so oh, to win the super, injuries. well, just oh, to, real quick. Yeah. And then we'll wrap it up. Um, the super contest, um, usually the winner is around 65% at the end of the year, regular season. We are well beyond that right now. So, yeah, but I'm sure there's other people just as hot right now on that super contest, but all right, let's get into it. We got to keep it up for the remainder of the season, but we're definitely we're at we're a, yeah. Follow us, people. They, I, we might have to do. We might have to split Twitter Blue starting this weekend to um or whatever it's called now. Promote ourselves more, yeah. Uh, the people need to. The people we need to do. This is a pu- It would be a public service to the people to really pr- promote these Twix twit <laughs> tweets more. Um, these these X's, X's more. Yeah, I got to dish out these X's. All right. Break. Injury, news, and updates. 
some qu- quarterbacks are going to be in the news every every week for the rest of the year. Uh, a lot of everyone's going to get banged up now. Um, quarterbacks are going to be starting to those sacks are going to add up for those quarterback and those hits. So starting with a guy who hasn't taken any hits yet this year, Kyler Murray, um, fully back to practice, doubtful, highly doubtful he would play a snap this week. It would make sense for them to just keep him on the bench, I think, for another couple weeks um, to really get him back in the flow of things. I think it would be unfair to him and the team to um, basically not give him a preseason worth of practice like a little camp. So that would be my approach as a coach, um, give him basically like a mock, an in-season camp. Because uh, it's not like he was – lights out last year like he needs to work on some shit too i'm sure he has been but in the in in against live bodies he needs to you know um practice his craft you got anything on the cards yeah shocking props to him for coming back when he definitely could have milked it and you know stayed at home took his money and played call of duty so i give i do give him props we were wrong about this one didn't think he would come back at all this year so like steve said it doesn't mean that he's going to play he is off the injury report that doesn't mean he's going to play. That just means he's, you know, practicing in full. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, kind of shocking. We we missed on this one, but touche to Kyler. Maybe he's got a little more of a of that drive in him than, than it seemed. Oh, he changed. He could be a changed man. Especially, well, I mean, especially after, like, you know, guys that already got a contract, you know, it's – Well, don't, we don't see move. it quite as often. Yeah, we can move right on to another guy with a contract, Deshaun <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watson, Precisely. who looked happier than pig shit that they won in in uh, um, Indy, and he didn't have to do much. And I think you know, I think uh, he's a fraud at this point, and he's going to milk this thing, this shoulder, and and whatever. It I'm sure it's sore and it doesn't hurt, but I bet you there's eight other quarterbacks right now with a bruised shoulder. Still throwing the football from all the hits these guys take. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with him once it gets to you know Thanksgiving time and and down to the nitty gritty. But I could definitely see him thinking in his head that he can just come back for the last third of the season if they keep getting wins with PJ because he knows they have to play him because they're you know at some point because he's their investment and PJ Walker is not gonna go you know, fucking um, six and two the rest of the way here or or whatever into the last month. So even though that defense is elite, I don't see P.J. Walker just being a, a dude all year long. We'll see. Yeah, definitely not. If you're a Colts fan, you're pissed off right now. NFL did come out and publicly acknowledge the two blown calls. Um. But yeah, I, the, I I I have no idea what to expect from this Sean Watson situation. All the all the info about his shoulder that comes out is so inconsistent and contradictory. So who knows what's actually going on? Um, but regardless of the shoulder or not, I mean he's just playing bad. So he lost his he lost his juice when he uh can't get the dirty massages anymore. I don't know. So dysfunctional times in Cleveland. They're four and two. Pittsburgh's four and two. Got to be the two worst four and two teams to ever play the game. <laughs> I don't get it. We, we talked about this pre-show. Pittsburgh's 
Pittsburgh's four and two, getting healthy, getting Hayward back. Well, I guess we can talk about Hayward. Hayward has practiced again. They opened up his 21-day window. Um, so hopefully they get him back this week. Hey, it four, ha- oh, four, I'm sorry. Four and two. You know, you're good. Four and two, getting the three-game home stretch. You know, so realistically, they can be looking at six and three. I mean, they don't when they when I don't. Mike Tomlin's insane, bro. He's an enigma. When they had stacked Super Bowl contenders, they couldn't start four and two, and now they're. I mean, they're statistically they're one of the worst teams in football. They got one of the worst offense offenses. They've got dogs on defense, but the defense is on the field so much that statistically they like. 30th or whatever you know they got they're one of, one of the worst teams in football like across the board and they're four and two so unprecedented um, pittsburgh as a home dog in the last 10 years is 35 24 and four against the spread and there you go i do like i do like the plus two and a half that's 10 years what how long's tomlin been coaching or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's the last twenty. That's the last twenty years. I believe. Yeah, this is either sixteen or seventeen. Well, it's 2007 was his first year. So what does that make it? This would well, be that's year. only a few year last years of uh, Cower. Then. Yeah. It won't let me do a range of two year two year windows, but whatever. Um. So yeah, they're you know haven't been home dogs a whole lot, but definitely in the winning end of things. So. Um, yeah, Tomlin home dog. I'll just keep riding the, uh, the Tomlin consistency stats here. And let's move on to Brock Purdy. He came back and practiced limited and should play then, I guess. I mean, if he's, if he's looks fine, then they're going to wave that concussion into the wind. Like, you know, that's how the NFL works these days. And, and I guess, you know, whatever, if he does, if he feel, says he feels fine and he looks sharp out there on the field, then uh, why not just, just play him. Uh, it's, it's his choice. He's a grown man and a professional. So I, I would guess right now Brock Purdy will play on Sunday. Brocktober not going so well for him through the two picks after the uh, where they where they believe the concussion occurred, um, but yeah, he you know signs are pointing to that, to him being able to make it back this week and close out Brocktober with a with a turnaround dub, which we need. Fuck the Bengals. <laughs> uh, Debo Samuel um, running on the side. Uh, I think out of shoulder pads, so doubtful for Debo this yeah, week. I think they've already ruled him out. Yeah, I think because okay. they have a bye next week and they would expect him back oh, after yeah. the bye. And then Trent Williams is officially. Oh no, that was last week's report. Uh, still questionable for this week. So yeah, he needs uh, Brock Purdy needs Trent Williams to play. That's <laughs> a fact. Um, so. Let's see. Let's go to Jimmy G limited at practice with the back injury. Who knows? That's a fucked up franchise and uh, coach they got going there. So I truly could not tell you if he's going to play or not. Um, they, you know, Jameis practiced with his back thing. It's the only data I can really remember of a similar situation recently. And um, he practiced, thought he was going to come back and be the starter. And they kept rolling with Dalton. Um so who knows? Uh, 
we'll we'll keep an eye on that for you. All right, let's move on to running backs. Uh, let's go back to the Browns. Ford out for this week with an ankle injury. Hunt with his thigh was limited. I would imagine Hunt would play. And they're going to need to run the football for, for P.J. here. So we'll see. I would I would take Hunt um, in DFS if, if he does play because they're a running team, and particularly with a backup quarterback who has now had some film on him. And defenses know know his identity this season. And let's see what happens uh, for PJ here. Who do I, who do they play at Seattle? But yeah, it sounds like they expect Hunt to play. And I agree, big big week for Hunt. I mean, big week last week. Scored did he score twice or just once? Regardless, I think Hunt starts to kind of emerge as a as a reliable fantasy guy. Yep. I agree, and we will move to uh, Raheem Mostert, limited at uh, practice today. I believe this is his first practice back, so we'll see. He uh, might get some some snap shares if it's looking all right uh, this week. If he practices again tomorrow, I would assume he's getting some snaps this game, maybe just uh, packages for Raheem Mostert. Again, they might be a little bit more cautious since they're already low at running back and um, they're they're trying to play deep into the playoffs here. But I don't know. Things kind of starting to fall apart in Miami and uh, they're on hard knocks in season here. I think I'll actually watch that one, at least the first one, see how it is. Yeah, it looks like he's on track to play. I don't think it really matters who who which running back is out there. We've seen it with any Mike McDaniels offense you know, insert any running back and they somehow produce. It doesn't matter how unknown of a name it is. I mean, even Moster and freaking all the guys he had in San Fran were, were all nobodies that just came in and all produced. So, um, you know, Mostert's career outside of Mike McDaniels is like nothing. So you can put any running back back there and, you know, if, if, a, if a Dolphins running back is hurt, I think you it's – reasonable to be able to take whoever's starting and put and plug them as your flex at least yeah like that we'll move on to wide receiver don't have much this week there's a lot of guys banged up i don't think it would be a good use of time to just rattle through all these guys who are limited at practice i would just wide receiver for fantasy purposes at this point in the season i think everyone has um their wide receiver set on their bench Maybe we should start looking at who's mostly available and and maybe comment on those guys in um, these this injury report coming up. Uh, let us know on X what you think we should do. If you got any suggestions, that might be what we start doing. Just just talk about the big names and the uh, maybe some fantasy steals or pickups. Um, but so DFS too, just look out on Sunday if they're active at wide receiver. They're going to be on the field, so they're going to be expected to catch the ball and the ball be thrown to them. Only one I got is Zay Jones, mostly because they're playing the Steelers, and he did not practice yet still. So he is technically listed as questionable, but I could see it being a an out. You got a tight end uh, spot, and then we'll move on to draw of the week. Oh, 
damn it, <laughs> my mic was muted. <laughs> yeah, I, I said some funny things. I said, yeah, Steelers, Steelers, a home dog to the uh, London, London Jaguars there. As we've touched on, we'll we'll see what they do at receiver, uh, tight end Ertz to the IR with a quad strain. Ertz actually having a decent season. I mean, not, nowhere near the numbers in his prime, but coming off the ACL injury, had looked pretty good. Um, but now he's gonna. They expect him back, so probably around a month time frame. He's got to miss four games, uh, but not necessarily a huge fantasy impact. And then, as we we touched on earlier, Cam Hayward practicing again right at that six to eight time frame he had. So, uh, big news for the Steelers if they're getting if they're getting Hayward back. Um, Trevor Trevor Lawrence in his press conference today said, um, "A lot of respect for Steelers, all that you know, legendary uh, organization, blah blah blah." He said, but he started with, "Oh yeah, the the little yellow towels." <laughs> Well, they asked. They asked him. They they prefaced it stupid. Like they asked him. They were like, "Oh, are you? You know, you're you're young. Like, are you? Do you remember the terrible towel? Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you yeah. mean? Do you remember it? They they do it's it. It's there every so, week. Like, yeah, that's what. So that's why he was like, "Yeah, I know the little the little t- yellow towel things they wave." They said, so, "I mean, they set yeah. him up with like a stupid ass question." So, oh my god. Um, but but yeah, I, I didn't I didn't perceive anything there as disrespect. I think he tried to give us no, give not us at props, all. So. Um, uh, Steelers Nation, that scumbag X account, they made it. Well, uh, they're a whole website, they made a whole article about it and a tweet about it. Uh, yeah, they'll they suck, turn anything, try to turn anything into a story. All right, let's move on to draw of the week. I don't know what we went last week. I net we, we, I never check and uh, I do know Charlotte though. How, oh, I might have took Charlotte, I don't know. They got blown out kind of by my our uh, Red Bulls in their playing game. So that's it for Charlotte. But hey, kudos to them for being really bottom of the table the whole first half of the season, just about the dead bottom. And then climbing back for a playing game is definitely how you want to end your season. But my draw of the week, I'm going to stick in the MLS playoffs and I'm taking, I'm going back to it. St. Louis versus Kansas City. What a what a playoff matchup. Uh, it's the only game on the board for MLS where both teams are plus value. So and the draw is plus 270 though. A little more on the draw even though both teams are dogs on the money line. So I definitely like that. I'm going to go I'm going I'm to give you an even bigger one. Plus 300 one I like. Um hmm. Brentford and Chelsea. Brentford is a team that has loved draws this year. Chelsea still dysfunctional as hell. Should have had a big win over Arsenal, their arch rival last week, but blew a two nil lead, I believe, at home too. So blew two nil lead to draw two two. So I like Brentford to uh, come in there. Plus, I just hope Chelsea burns. So love Brentford to get the draw at uh, Stamford Bridge this this week. All right, now on to the main event, the greasy gambling picks. Danny, well, let's we'll do a little quick recap. Danny nine eleven and one, and four and two and one in his locks. I'm eleven eight and two, three and three and one in my locks. Came back and tied it up in the lock column. So, Danny, we'll start with you, Mister nine eleven and one. <laughs> Never forget. 
Uh, yeah. Let me, let me, uh, so I got four here. I got to trim one of these out. One's going to be a good. Oh, well, I can go good, first. Then. No, go. No, I'll, I'll. We're good. I'm going to take out. Yeah, you go first. I got to, I got to, okay. I got to really think. This is tough. My first pick is University of Kentucky plus three and a half at home against the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee was my pick last week. They kept it close for two and a half quarters, and then Alabama just stepped on them. And I don't know what the exact number is, but um, it's a trend. Teams after they play Alabama do not cover the next week because Alabama uh, shit kicked them so much. And that's what happened here. Uh, Tennessee just just got um, – it was like a boxing match worn down and then KO'd in the third. And then in Alabama's halftime adjustments shine. So two five-and-two teams here. We'll see uh, which state can pull ahead in the SEC. I like Kentucky to at least, you know, keep it to a field goal game. And it is a sharp play as well in the market. So my second pick is NC State at home against Clemson. NC State plus 10 at home. They're going to play Clemson tough. Uh, Clemson couldn't beat Miami either, who they were a road favorite against. And this is just Dabo's made making suicide jokes uh, in poor in poor taste, and they're just a mess this year. It's just gonna it's a season from hell, and they are if they do beat NC State, I think it's you know late in the game, and they just you know pull it out. So ten, I love the ten there. Give me the ten, and then my lock of the week. The Carolina Panthers, plus three and a half. Frank Reich undefeated after a bye week, even though he's a stinker. And you know that the this team, this uh, ownership is demanding a win out of this team. Not that, the, I mean, their over-under for the year was four and a half. You know, they're still on pace for that maybe, but they got to get one here at home, a divisional game at home against the Houston Texans who had the bye week, also coming off the bye. But uh, maybe Houston's a little overvalued, and uh, Panthers' defense can kind of re reclaim the defense they once were, at least for one Sunday here. So I think Carolina goes all out in this divisional game to, to get a win, or at least cover the three, maybe keep it close. So those are my picks as our under is looking uh, like it's going to get crushed here <laughs> in the second half. It's still the second quarter. Oh yeah, we're we're still we're still on pace. What was it? It was forty seven or something, wasn't it's, it? It's forty. It was forty one. I thought. Oh okay. Forty three and no, it's forty three yeah. and a half. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. Golden. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't feel good about it. All right, your. I did bench wow. Godwin in, in one league right before mm. the uh, right before the. I, mm. I I have him in I have him in four leagues. So when he tanks. You know, I, my whole my, my my entire arsenal shits the bed. Let do me a favor. So I really like this. My why is Miami of Ohio plus seven and a half? Is this a trap line? What's where's the money at here? What's how's it split? Well, it's muted. Uh, what? Who are they playing? Miami, Ohio at Ohio Bobcats. I'm gonna have to ask my my friend Ryan, uh, who who stays in touch with the. Um, 
follows the Ohio Bobcats still, but they got beat up, I think, the last two weeks, or at least one of the last two weeks. So I don't know if there is an injury there. Um, trying to look, the website here is being very dumb. Um, do you got anything else to say about the game while I look? I mean, two Miami's Miami's good. Um, six and one, their only loss was at the other Miami, the fake Miami Hurricanes. Uh, they and then they uh battled Toledo in a tough one, but Toledo's also very good. Went down to the wire. Uh, Red Hawks are a good team. Beat Cincinnati in Cincinnati, I believe, as well this year. So I don't know why the spread is so big. I think Miami's the better team than Ohio, even if they're playing in Athens. So I like Miami plus seven and a half. Just seems like this one's kind of a trap line. Uh, but I like Miami to even to win outright here. Both both are six and two, uh, fighting for some Mac royalty. Uh, the website, n- nothing I click is working. So go, go to your next pick, and I'll come back so that's, at the end. That's one of my picks, unless like, unless something's sketchy with the money here. I love got the, it. Love the Red Hawks. I got it. The uh, public is on Miami of Ohio, and Damn. so are the bets. Everyone's uh, not not to the scale of eighty percent, but seventy five percent and sixty six percent of the money. So a lot of people on. The uh, the Hawks. Well, that makes me nervous now. Hmm. It is We're... early in the week, so really, though, when you're looking at this information on a Wednesday or a Thursday, you are looking at the people who bet these games on to Monday through Wednesday, <laughs> and those are those are usually the sharp players in the game um, and the big betters. So you know, the public really bets on on friday and saturday you know payday the weekend so take that for what it will um the these the numbers really change when it hits friday night saturday morning for both leagues college and pro so yeah what's what's usc looking like at cal usc i'm split on usc is um getting almost none of the bets um, really? And they're getting twelve percent of the money, so all the okay. money's on Cal. That's where Miami, Ohio is getting washed. That'll be an X pick. Yeah, we'll <clears throat> revisit that. We'll revisit that on Saturday. But so I'm putting USC minus ten and a half. Cal's bad. Cal's really bad. Uh, yeah, bounce USC, back game. I think USC. You know, Caleb's been embarrassed. They're talking about, oh, maybe he's not the number one overall pick. I think he's really got to come out, show he's still the guy, still got the juice. Um, you know, USC still going to be out. I mean, they, they, they struggled. USC was overrated all year. They struggled against two really good defenses. Um, and now they're being like, they almost dropped completely out of the top 25. Now they're being underrated, as crazy as, as it sounds. Kind of an extreme flip there. So I like USC to win big over a bad Cal team. So USC minus 10 and a half. They're going to score a lot of points. In the complete contrast, the Cox, the game Cox, plus 15 and a half at AM. Uh, I think AM wins the game, obviously, but I like the Cox to hang around. AM's not really a team that's scoring a lot of points. You know, they're a defensive team, wins some low scoring games. So I don't know if they can have enough offensive output 
to to cover 15 and a half, especially Spencer Rattler can make anything happen if he's if he's playing well. So I think the Cox can hang around with him. And then my lock have been lights out on defense the last couple of weeks. This might just be uh you know, I'm hoping <laughs> hoping for some positive stuff for Saquon who's playing well behind a horrible O line, but I like the Giants plus three against the Jets. It's gonna be a low scoring game. Um, but I like the Giants to pull it out what is, in what technically is a home game. Uh, but the Giants held uh, Washington to seven points and right after holding the Bills to, what, 14 or whatever they had. And, they, I mean, they should have beat the Bills. So Giants defense has been playing hot. I like the Giants plus three. That's my hashtag lock of the week. All right. Yeah, Tyrod, why not? We, do we have a quarterback controversy? Oh, yeah. I think they're like, uh, we fucked up <laughs> paying this guy. He uh, he had one pretty good season, and we kind of got bullied into this contract. Um, well, they they still made their choice. You got to, you know. I definitely don't feel bad for them. I just feel bad for Saquon in the situation. For sure. Um. Also, so yeah, so to wrap up, a uh, big uh, boxing match this week, Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. Tyson Fury is minus 1,400. Francis Ngannou is plus 750. The MMA guy has almost never won a boxing match. I can't really, I couldn't tell you one MMA guy that's beat a professional boxer in boxing. Um, and it is a main event should be about 5.30 p.m. on Friday. It should be fun to watch two heavyweight dudes, uh, you know, punching each other in the face. Should should be an entertaining fight. I will try to watch it. I'll be bar crawling in a horse costume in Charlotte, but uh, maybe I need to set a reminder to to turn that on for the for the main event. Um, yeah, I wouldn't touch this fight other than uh, the Francis Ngannou. Um, you know, money line's pretty tasty to throw a tenth of a unit on. And then maybe over five and a half rounds, too. I could see them just milling around, peppering each other for a few rounds to start. And then, uh, yeah. What do you, anything, Danny, this weekend? I got nothing. Nothing, Which just watching football. I got so much crap to get caught up on. We're getting a Something new refrigerator tomorrow. Crap. Oh, there you go. Yeah, with the and it makes crushed ice like the gas station. Yeah, ice. that's that's uh, I I actually have used that much less than I anticipated I would. Yeah, but I on on paper it's it's like you know the best thing. And we got like, the oh, one. Yeah, this is amazing. Like I'm freaking living in luxury. Yeah, well, ours is a refillable pitcher too, so it auto refills the pitcher ooh, in the fridge door. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now that, damn, the Bills scored that quick. Mm-hmm. Kincaid. 12, nonetheless. Yeah, the under might be in trouble, but these, yeah. these Thursday these Thursday unders tend to hit, so I'm still, we'll have a. Yeah, they're a plus on the, on the season, and definitely overall, they are plus, plus money to take the under every Thursday. Bro, the Pins um, are up 4 0. Wow. makes me mad. I'm just never, I'm just not watching hockey all year. I can't, I can't handle it. 
Well, whether you're watching hockey or football or both or NBA, all three quad screened, which I don't think YouTube can even quad screen different sports, which they need to get their shit together. They need to step that shit up the the multi the multi screen. But uh <laughs> no matter what you're doing, what sport you're watching, what costume you're in or not, we wear a costume every day on our faces in this society. <laughs> Keep your mental straight. Keep your chickens in an order. Stay healthy, America.